Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm good, mate. Good morning, Mr. Hudson, and welcome all to part six of Alan Hudson's World Cup Diary. Alan, we're going to call this We Keep Failing Because We Fail Our Most Creative Players. So let's first start at the, it's the morning after the night before, another, I don't like calling it glorious failures, but another failure, in my opinion, the games are won in midfield, England fail to put our creative midfield players on the pitch like we've always done and once again we come up short. Well, the strangest thing is, um, uh, although for the first half an hour, I, you know, I, I saw France as such a superior team, yeah. uh, especially Griezmann in particular. Griezmann was the key to uh, everything that France done. Uh, we didn't have anyone on the field who, in that class, you know, we've always spoke about them class midfield players, the your Modric, who is still in it at 37, yeah. uh, who can play, play the game the way we love playing it. And uh, at half time, you know, although it was still in, even, you know, if in, in balance, um, I was, uh, I, I, at the end of the game, Paul, I was really disappointed of the, of the, of the way it ended because, um, you know, with Kane missing a penalty, he's, he's probably. I I looked at the game as well. That if that if France had had Harry, Harry Kane up front, they might have won by five or six. You know, yeah. uh, they were so lacking that cutting edge. Although Giroud got the goal, whether it have went in had it not hit the centre half on the shoulder, I don't know. Uh, this we don't know, but it was. It looked a great goal from from the uh, initially, but a, a, another fantastic cross in. Um, yeah, exactly what you're saying. You know, we <laughs> if we go back again to having your best players on the on the bench. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I I I had some people call me last night who were out enjoying themselves, and uh, I've been uh, I've I had a couple of nights with them uh, going to Sutton Football Club, and they they keep in touch and they love their football, and they were asking me what I thought and all that, and. Uh, they, they called me before the game at half time, and you know, I said, well, England, they're playing a superior team. And I said, at half time, he hadn't even started yet. I said, he's flexing his muscles, Mbappe, you know. I mean, they English should have took so much hope of uh, out of the way he he performed last night because he, he wasn't, he weren't at the races last night. So, you know. Their best player, the the world's best player that they kept on. They kept saying the world's kept best player. That was it. To, to try and make some kind of excuse for defeat or something. Uh, you know the. It drives me mad watching the watching the game with um, 
Rio Ferdinand and people like that on there, and Ian Wright and uh, and Lee Dixon commentating on everything was, you know, going against England. And this, this is football, mate. This, you know, we've had referees like that, and um, yeah, we we've lived on 1966 for all these years, and but they never, not one of those persons ever mentioned the linesman. You know, it's unbelievable. We mention it when it suits us. We forget it again when it suits us. (coughs) Excuse me. Time of the year, it's awful. I don't like World Cups in the cold. I don't like the cold. I didn't like the referee. And and I think that, that when you look at the tournament as a whole, I think the referee, the standard of the referee has been poor. Portugal were bemoaning their referee that they had when they got knocked out against Morocco. I've seen some really awful decisions. The Argentina versus Holland game, I think there were 16 or 17 yellow cards. The referee had lost it. So it wasn't just confined to England and he just gave bad decisions against England. Because what usually happens, Al, as we know, what the English do what the panels and the pundits do is focus on one side of the game. It was equally as bad for the French. It was just a bad referee. It was awful referee. Yeah. Um, as you say, it was. It was. Uh, you think uh, they get four years to sort this out and to get the best referees, whether they they obviously you know they got to give them to different countries or whatever, but. Uh, I can't see that. I, I was, I was wondering. I, I was thinking for the game when they showed the people at the VAR, and I thought, you know, um, these people they've got to be careful what countries they, you know, that handle certain matches. You know, um, you know, going going back to '66, uh, you know, it was the Russian, the Russian linesman, you know. It, it could have been a case of in them days. Does he like the English more than he likes the Germans? You know, yeah. it was, you know, it was that wasn't that long after the war, really. Considering, uh, you know, you just don't know what, what you know. He just didn't have a clue. The linesman didn't have a clue in '66. He didn't. It was almost as if he told him saying the referee did, did the opposite. I don't know. It was that farcical. Um, and it has become this, you know, if you think all these years on and we are still, we're in a worse shape than what we were when I played. Yeah, we you are. Know, my, my goal against Ipswich at the side netting that come out at Stanford Bridge that the, the referee gave, and I walked away laughing, and uh, David Webb said to me, you're telling me it weren't in. I said, no, no, it's not my job. My, it's his job. This is a... That's thirty pound point, mate. You know, it's um, <laughs> that's paid for my dinner in the restaurant tonight. Don't worry about that. You know, and when you think, you know, that was in nineteen seventy-one. I mean, God Almighty! All these years later, and imagine that happened last night. You yeah. know, uh, in in a World Cup quarter final. I mean, there's still it's still the same thing. Referees are referees, and the the standard is no better today. You know, when referees have to go to a monitor to have a look, you know, where, and the people on the line can't tell and they got to go to a monitor, we're in a sorry state, aren't we? Let's be fair. Absolutely. And again, let's go back to 66 because, you know, that's probably, I think, the first tournament, the first World Cup that the team was picked by a manager. It was always picked 
by the committee, yeah. wasn't it, before? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Ramsey left out our most gifted and talented players for workmanlike players. Ramsey gets the sack and then passes the baton on. Joe Mercer had it briefly at uh, 74. Don Revy, I think, took over probably early 75. Revy, again, didn't play all the Maverick players, didn't like them, didn't fit into his game plan. Revy goes, we have Ron Greenwood. He phones you up in a pub on a Sunday night, see if you can play against Brazil. And you look at it and you just think, it's the same cycle repeating itself of incompetent referees. I remember when we'd done a podcast before, Bernie Winter says, you won't win World Cups by playing carpet bowls and bingo. And Gareth Southgate, OK, they haven't played carpet bowls and bingo, but they've been messing about with a unicorn in the pool. And I don't mean a live one because that's wrong. But they've been doing all these games, focusing on all these periphery stuff. And the bottom line is we haven't played our most creative and flair players. And if you don't do that, you're going to come up short. But again, the happy clappers will say, tick the box, tick the box, job done, through to the next round. Well, now, guys, you can't tick a box. You're not through to the next round. Look at the mathematics. Look at the sum. Don't just look at we win. Look at how we go about winning. And we keep repeating the same problems. Stupidity. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, the, the problem, one of the problems we have is, um, you know, we went into the game as top scorers um, because of the Iran's pathetic uh, attempt in, in, in the first match. And then we beat a poor Wales team. Um, my my son Anthony must be kicking himself, or his coach must be kicking himself, as you know how they let themselves down because uh, they put a, a far better performance in against uh, England than what France did in my eyes. Yes, I, I I really wasn't impressed with France. I've you know, as I say, apart from Griezmann, I thought the first ten minutes Dembele was going to run right, uh, and I thought I thought they. French were wrong to to change that because it, there was no doubt he was going to get more uh, he was going to get more joy out of the left back than Mbelli was out of the right back because that was that was like uh, that was billed as the old play and Frazier that last night the two the yeah. two proper heavyweights and I don't mean heavyweights as fantastic players I mean that you know the two sprinters the two that you know that. They weighed, probably weighed more than anyone on the field uh, for their height. Uh, that was a, that, the heavyweight battle, but I, I never see it as that. I never uh, see that. I don't think that uh, it, it took a little bit away from the game. And I thought when, when Mbappe wasn't doing it, that, that gave England a little bit of uh, an oomph, you know. Um, but... Um, no, I, I, I still... I, I thought... Were, I, I couldn't see the... We had no pattern of play once again. We play one way. Um, I'm still trying. I, I I was confused after the game. I thought I'd, be, you know what I'm like. I don't, I don't. I made it very clear. People were texting me and phoning me and saying, "I said you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to know my what I'm, uh, what I want as the outcome because of my thing with the FA, my case with the FA, and I, I just. 
you know, it, it's it's an ongoing thing with me with England, and I, I don't feel any difference. And Southgate has put kind of fuel on that fire for me. Uh, you know, in 1996, I was I was a little disappointed because I liked Venables and I liked the way he used to play. And I was sitting there thinking last night, the, 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 the camera went up on Beckham, and I was thinking, watching England team last night the, the, and all the, you know, uh, all the great things they were saying about him, when we played Argentina and got beat, uh, when Beckham got sent off, I mean, that side... Uh, that side was a far better side than this side. Yeah. If you look at it man for man, uh, and you got, you know, we 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 haven't got players like sharing them anymore. We, you know, um, just all round, you know, I, I I could just couldn't see where we were going last night. Even when the when even when France were kind of were clinging on, really, that that, that they I, I don't think France were at the game last night. I feel they would just felt so relieved to get through it. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I don't think it helped watching Morocco actually, because Morocco were up to my team. I was still. I said before the tournament they were the dark horses, and I, yeah. and I, I, I really can't see anyone beating them now. I, I had a look at the betting before the game, and I said to my son, I was really took forty to one about Morocco to win it because I can't. I, there's nobody I've seen yet that can, I think can beat Morocco. Um, they had a bit of an off day against Canada when they were two 0 up, and they got a bit lucky to get through. But their overall performance has been just so superior to everybody else; is it's incredible. And that they started the, the game yesterday at forty to one, and and ended the game at nine to one. You know, so I think it's there for the African team. But you know, you you see the way they played and their commitment. Their the whole round, you, you see from word go what their game plan was, and the way they carried it out, and the, individually uh, and collectively, they were fantastic. Yeah, again, going back to the England game, I put a lot of posts in play posts. Um, Harry Kane, I oh, you look and you think 100% Harry's going to score. He puts it over the bar. Look, it happens. Yeah. It's a penalty. Get over it. But you're looking at Mbappe. He he had his most quietest game that I've seen him play. The only time really he turned it on is when he had that one-to-one with Walker and he left him in his wake. I mean, he really has got lashings of pace. But he, he didn't do anything really on that night. So you'd be happy with that. But I think you're absolutely spot on. <clears throat> and the one post that I put, man of the match, Antoine Griezmann. I think Griezmann is looking like my player of the tournament. And he's my kind of player. He plays in that midfield. And he's not naturally a midfield player. He's usually a forward. And because they've had injuries, he's, he's gone in and, and done a job in the middle of the park. And he was running the show for large parts of that game. You know, we had players and have players like Jack Grealish and like uh, James Madison who have been nothing more than tourists. He puts Jack on with 30 seconds to go. Now, that's an embarrassment. That's a disgrace. And if we've had the conversation before, as long as Southgate's a manager, I'd retire from international football if I was Madison and Grealish because clearly he doesn't want the creative players. He'll blow smoke up the backside of Jordan Henderson, Jude Bellingham, who I just 
don't get the loving with Bellingham and Declan Rice. I don't get it. I just don't see any creativity in that midfield three at all. Well, I was a bit... Uh, yeah, I've been watching the kid Bellingham and um, yeah. I watched him last night in particular and uh, straight from the kickoff, he was uh, gesturing. He was listening to all the other players to come on like he was a leader and all that. You know, he's only a young kid. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you you can't be doing that. You know, you, you come into the team, you got you you got to show your worth. You know, uh, he was arguing with the referee every decision. Yeah. You know, as if he knows the game more than the referee. Uh, and I don't see that. I don't see. You know, I looked at myself at that age and the way I played the game. And I, I remember as a young age, uh, I said something to the the the. The great referee at that time was a fellow called Jim Finney. I reckon he was the best uh, referee around anywhere in the world and, mm-hmm. and most respected. And I was uh, at Stanford Bridge one night and, and I said something to him. I swore at him, you know, which you could do in them days. And uh, and he just said, man, to me, he said, actually, Al, he said, you're not playing too well yourself. And uh, and that point kind of put me in my place, you know, as much as say, you know, he's he's got a point there, you know, worry about your own game, worry about you come out of it, don't keep on, you know, these this this constant going on with a referee all the time, and you know, the the, the and and the, it, it it proved it last night with Lee Dixon, the commentator, he spoke more about the penalty decision than he did actually what was going on in the game, yeah, you know. And I thought, if only I could turn it over. But though you turn it over, and you got then you got the female section going on about it, you know. Um, and I don't really want to listen to it in French because I it's like listening to a cooking show. So, um, but it was a no. It was a. I, I thought it was a night. It, we we went out. I think you always do. You always, you know. I haven't been over to my mate's pub for about 10 days. I go over to, and then all the, there'll be an inquest this morning, you know, and and, and it, I'm going to put my tape recorder on, I think, today because it'll make a good show of all the excuses they got, you know, and uh, they'll they'll be repeating everything that was said on television. And uh, it was, uh, I think it was like, uh, I think that Harry, the, Harry missing the penalty kind of, uh, dampen the whole thing for me because I don't like I don't like to see teams getting knocked out like that whoever they are mm. you know it was why 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 does the fella give that penalty away I don't, I just don't understand professional no. football anymore I mean how ridiculous a tackle was that mm. you know um, I, I I just didn't get it and I, it was little things like that in the game at that level you know you when I was brought up I used to watch these South Americans and Italians, you know, playing against them, and there would be none of that. You know, it was all you had. To, they were dangerous people, you know. But nowadays, they, they, these these defenders do things like it's, you know, why work hard for four years and all of a sudden one of your players does that? You know, I it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Absolutely, I think there's been so much inconsistency with the shoulder barge as well. Al, I've seen many a shoulder barge. I'll take you back to when uh, Harland scored a goal at the Etihad, I can't remember who they were playing, but he's literally barged the defender out the way. And it was very similar to the French defender. And then the panel are going, 
Well, that's a great challenge, that is. He's used his shoulder to gain the advantage, and it was a fair shoulder-to-shoulder barge. You could argue that that was a shoulder in the back. Okay, slightly different. But again, there's been an inconsistency. I've seen shoulder barges that the commentary have gone, well, that's decent, that's fair. And then one like that last night, which has been very similar to others going, that's a definite free kick. Again, it's the inconsistency and the bias that gets gets to me. Going back to Bellingham, I put a post on the uh, my Facebook page. Bellingham, concentrate on being a footballer. And I've seen lots of instances of Bellingham over the last few years since he's come onto the scene where he'll moan, he'll berate, he'll do petulant things. And if I've posted this up before, if I was his manager, put the arm around the shoulder, son, you're a 19-year-old kid, concentrate on being a 19-year-old kid. We've got senior senior pros to do that job. Well, yeah, and uh, if you want players to improve their... If you want young players yeah. to improve their game, they're not going to improve their game by doing that. Uh, once again, it's some, the manager's uh, responsibility to do that. Um, you've got to knock that out of players. That's no good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so anti players rating manager uh referees anyway you know it's uh, uh i've i've been saying for years now i'd, I'd go in if i was a ref i would bring a ruling in where where when i was playing just at the end of my career they started sending the referees into the dressing room to talk to the players before the game about certain things, and which was a good idea. Yeah. And then our captain Stoke at the end, and the two captains would go into the referees' room and 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 talk to them about certain things. And say, so, tell your players this, tell your players that, you know. So yeah, that that was a good thing. But what they they should have brought the ruling in that, um, you know, this is your first warning. I, I've come in in before the game to tell you that I'm going to take no uh, back chat from you. I'm going to send you off. Um, take this as your yellow card. Yep. Uh, I'm not going to start dishing out yellow cards while we're out there. Your warning is now. It's now five to three. We kick off at three. You've had your warning. Don't say you haven't been warned and everything else and start, you know, gesturing and all this. You've now been warned. And anyone comes up and question me, you're gonna get sent off. Because I don't I don't question you, you when you make a bad pass. You know. It's it's as simple as that. And it's just something we and our our referees in this country in particular, I know this for you know, because I've seen them get out the van when I used to go to football and they get out they have a night out that everything's paid for at the hotel the night before they get out, big limousines at the game. They're like the mafia, you know, they and they get out as if they're 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 the main attraction of the day. Yep. Uh, now they become pro- professionals all of a sudden, which is nice and been going on for a while. But and 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 that's all. That's the mentality they take into the game. Well, if they had that mentality, they should tell the players not to come up and do what they do. You know, um, I, I remember Don Howe once said about playing against Leeds was murder because uh, the first thing they would do would, you know 
huddle around the referee at every time that he gave a decision. It was ridiculous. He said, so we started doing it every time we played them. And it was, it was just, it was a joke. It was, it wasn't even worth going to the game. You know, it was ridiculous. And, and this is again, all down to the FA, you know, it's uh, somewhat, someone within the game has got to put a stop to it. Now, I'm not a fan of rugby. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't like the game. Um, some people don't like football. I get that. When there's a World Cup on, everybody is a football fan and they're around the telly or the radio and listening and watching and they're all experts for 10 minutes. I'm not like that with rugby. I don't like the game, so I don't watch the game. But what I do get from the game is the respect that the players have for the referee. And the referee, his word is final. Don't argue with the referee. Brian Clough also used to say to his players, never argue with the referee. For one reason, when there's a contentious decision, he's going to give it to us. And I think that we should be looking at the referee, playing the game. He's the referee. We're the players. He knows the rules and let's hope that he carries it out to the best of his ability. For sure, he's going to have bad games. And you're absolutely spot on, Al. Lots of those players are also going to have bad games. But it is part of the game. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's sad that, um, you know, uh, this game will be talked, you know, that England get knocked out of the World Cup. I mean, it's, it is a big... It's a, it's a massive... World Cup's massive. And to play in it, obviously... I came very close. There's a lot of players. I mean, yeah. some of them players. I remember Ronaldo last night. I was 170th. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, you know, I thought, God almighty. Um, you know, and and I played with Jimmy Green off at Stoke. What, no caps. So it was unbelievable. It's unbelievable. The game is just mind-boggling at times. And, uh, and it, it, it can be... Uh, they're talking... Uh, they were in tears after the game, the actual panel, you know, the, but they were nearly crying to say, this is heartbreaking, you know, bloody heartbreaking. You know, we've, we've just been through COVID. We just lost yeah. loved ones and everything else. And it's heartbreaking. You know, they're, it's so dram- they're so dramatic, you know, it's uh, after, you know, I've, I, I love Bill Shankly, but when he said football is more important, you know, more important than life and death, you know, it's uh, come on. You know, this is this is a game of football. You know, we do love our football, and without football, there would there I, I would agree that there'll be no life because it's all we got to cling on to. It, mm. you know, people like you and me, you know, you know, and I go in the pub today, and that would be the main topic, and it'd be the only topic really, you know, apart from you know those that go in the pub to find out who was living and who was dying, but. Um, no, it's it's a sad way, sad way to go out the uh, the World Cup. But I can only say it would be sad if we were the best team. Yeah. But but we haven't been the best team. We've been nowhere near the best team. We've played a poor Wales team, the probably the worst Wales team you've seen. You know, yeah. Gary Fowl. The the picture of Gary Fowl leaving a field with the golf clubs on his shoulder was a, a great little sketch yeah uh aaron ramsey who was a was a terrific player at arsenal never kicked a ball for them uh when you got joe allen who's your best player who plays at stoke city who are nearly bottom of the championship in your team it shows you what a bad team you are and they are awful and and we were raving about 
you know, again, the media raving about beating them 3 0 and could have beaten 10 and all this. I mean, God almighty, I've got to get a team out the golden line that could have beat them, uh, beaten Wales, you know. And then, uh, you know, and we beat around 6 1 or 6 2, never really got into a game. Uh, USA, we looked second best. USA knew, knew their, 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 what was wrong with them. I mean, we all knew that how I couldn't believe that they outplayed England. It was unbelievable. And yet there we are last night talking about what a great World Cup we've had. You know, I can't believe it. I think it's again, <clears throat> we've done this with the Euros. For me, one of the worst Euros in, in my memory. And I've been, I didn't particularly remember the 70 World Cup finals, although I must have been inspired by it because my first footballing hero was Gordon Banks, and I can only put it down to that save against Pele. But I was only like four at the time, maybe five. So you're looking at 70. The first World Cup I really remember was 1974 and Euros as well. So when I look at the Euros and World Cups in my lifetime, I think personally, I think they're getting worse. I don't think they're getting better. I think England's performances are getting worse. I don't think they're getting any better. But when you listen to the narrative that's been forced through by these women who, who are commentating, and I've got nothing against women and the women's game. We've said this on podcasts before. But you commentate on your game and let the men concentrate and commentate on their game. But... It's the narrative that they drive through that this is the greatest England team that we've ever had. What a great tournament. And, and I'm sorry, it isn't. You're right, football isn't life and death. Football is a beautiful game played in the beautiful way and manner. But I just don't see England playing that way. I'd rather lose playing the way we are than, than win. But ultimately, I'd like to see our most creative players on the pitch playing football the way we can do because we've got the players, we've always had the players, but management have always let them down. Well, it's uh, I think it all stems obviously from the top. It all, it all mm -hmm. stems from the FA. Everything starts at the top. Yeah, It's a, it's a root of all evil um, who they employ. Uh, for what reason they employ them, you know, um, it's incredible. I, I uh, you know, I, I remember when uh, Graham Taylor got the job and he wrote a big thing in the newspaper saying, that, you know, if only my father was here to see this, this, this is, you know, the ultimate thing of getting the, Eng you know, getting the England job uh, position. And I thought, well, let's give it six months and see what you're writing in the paper then, you know. We got to, we got to look forward to the way that you want to play football. My God, yeah. Uh, so they haven't done their own work. We, well, you and I went back years and years ago um, to the to the to our friend that could have been from uh, from uh, we met in Butlins that time when he should have got the job. Yeah. Uh, some say Brian Clough. Brian Clough would have been probably the best best the most remembered time of any England manager of all time, that would have been fantastic. If he'd have got the job, there would have been all hell. You know, he would have, there would have been none of this. There would have been, and yet, 
you know, he was a hell. He was he was he was a he was a total crackpot. Yeah. But he, 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 as you said, his disciplinary record was second to none. He, you know, it was unbelievable. He he won the league and the European Cup with the best best record with the with the roughest players of all time. You know, with your Kenny Burns in there and Larry Lloyd at the back, you know, and and Bowyer and people like that in midfield. I mean, these these were uh, they were they were head cases, you know, and yet they and and, and then Stuart Pearce came along. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's all going back. It's the FA, the the FA are to blame, and uh, yeah, a, a man's not going to turn the job down if he's offered him. Good luck to him. Take the job. But I think it's more. If I would look to, if I was given the England job, or when the manager was given the England job, I would be so uh, look. It's uh, I would think now all you all you great players can go to bed and rest easy because now you're going to get a chance. Yeah. You know, let's pick the best player you see. You know, it's like the Argentinians leaving Maradona out and. And the Dutch, the the team team when Johan Cruyff was in charge. You imagine the Dutch picking a team and they, like what I did, they banned me. They banning Johan Cruyff for three years, you know. And and France not picking Griezmann. It's um in this day and age. And Croatia, 37 year old Modric still cruising around the field like a Rolls Royce. You know, it's it's unbelievable. You know, and yet we we got these players in midfield, Declan Rice. Oh, I, I'm sorry uh, if I offend anyone, but I'm, I'm afraid no, no. You, you know, you only have to look at Declan Rice and say that is not an England midfield player. Do it <coughs> here, club, and be go and destroy things for West Ham. Do what you have to do at club level. Go and play for Wimbledon if you want with Vinnie Jones and all them types. But please, not international level. If you're going to play international level, you've got to be a class international player. And I'm afraid that's not you. And yet he's number one on the team sheet. <clears throat> We've always uh, spoken about Declan, uh, that, that midfield player. That For me, his, his brain don't work quick enough. And his brain works quicker than his feet. His, his feet ain't quick enough to play at that level. You'd identified him as, as a centre-half, and I think that there's a lot of merit um, in that, that if Declan Rice is going to play for England, it would be at centre-half and not in centre-midfield. We need players in midfield that can actually play football, that can actually get the ball, take the ball to the opposition and start to make the play. Yeah, OK, we need to win the ball back when we haven't got it, but it's when we get the ball, and that's been the fundamental problem for England. In the 70s, we failed because Revy didn't play for one game. Tony Curry and Alan Hudson, the two best midfield players that we had, he didn't play them. He played Tony for one game away at Switzerland. And he says to Tony, you know, you need to work harder and work harder. And Tony said to me, he went into areas that he shouldn't have gone into. But that's because Revy wanted him to work harder. Don Revy played you twice, once against um, Cyprus when we won 5-0 five, five and you've always maintained, you know, they were just part-timers. It wasn't really a, a proper game. But he picked you to fail against the world champions, West Germany. It's an absolute disgrace how England managers have been allowed to 
stifle, to hinder, to hamper and to ruin the careers of technically advanced players. And even when in 1970, what was it, 77, when we was trying to qualify for the 78 World Cup finals, he, the manager then, um, I think it was, uh, I think it was Greenwood, of course, uh, in them days, he, he, he went to Italy and he played defenders in midfield to try and grind out and get a result and try and win the ball. And that's what England have always done when you look through the history of English football. Let's play a defender in midfield to win the ball. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. That ain't the way... Other nations have never played that way. They've had creative players in the middle of the park. And if they can't get a creative player in the middle of the park because they've got creative players in the middle of the park, they'll play a creative player and they'll stick them at centre-half or they'll stick him in wider positions. So they've got the creativity and flair, something that England have never, ever done. Well, you know, they they, they always point out the one game of, for England of... Uh, against Hungary at Wembley and uh, when Puskas tore us mm-hmm. apart, uh, not, not single-handedly because they were a fantastic nation. Uh, and they said, we, you know, we went back to the drawing board after that game. Well, we didn't make a very good job of going back to the drawing board. The people that went back to the drawing board couldn't draw. You know, it, it, was, it was as simple as that. You know, what's going on? It's... Uh, Instead of they've got they took the other route in the game rather than the route that should have been taken. That you know I read the the great Len Shackleton's book and he has exactly the same. He's like he would have been great on with me and you this morning because he'd have been he would have been saying exactly the same things. And there there was a man that was as good as anyone's ever played the game. You know I never see him play. My father see him play, but he went. You know that's how you got to play the game. That, that that's that's he set an example for all kids to come through and play like that because that's that's what people that's why the grounds were so full in them in the olden yeah. days just to watch people like him you know but nowadays I'm I'm you know they say it, even managers say it now and the, the pundits say it, it's a results game but it might be a results yeah, game absolutely. but as we as we always say. Mm. It isn't a results game. It's an entertainment. When you're paying the kind of money out you're paying week in, week out, you want to be entertained. And I don't care whether it's football. If I'm watching cricket, I've, I've gone over to watch the one day now and I love it because it's entertainment. 
it's watching people. It's, it's watching two out, two two great cricketers play against each other and out try and outdo one another. A great bowler against a great batsman. That's that's great entertainment. It's not. It was results go out the window. All right, they work it out how many runs they want, but then they go for it. It's yeah. it's, it's, it's you know. I wouldn't pay out money to go and watch Des O'Connor, you know, but I would Frank Sinatra. Yeah. You know, and that is that is our standards in this country are poor. There's no doubt about it. You when you got when you're watching a lead up to a game and you're watching about Jordan Henderson and his father and all this, you know, yeah. with the greatest respect mm. to to Jordan Henderson and his family, good luck to you and you know Hard work. My he he didn't work any f- harder than my father. Mm. They're saying he, he deserves all the success because he worked so hard at his game. He was he was hell bent on you know making it and all that. Well, my my father had a harder life than him, mm. but he didn't get he didn't get picked for England because he he worked twenty four hours a day. You know what's going on? You know we we're looking for that. George Best, you know, what he, if he was alive today, if George Best was watching the game with me last night, he'd have gone, oh, I'm glad I never played in the World Cup. If this is what it's all about, you know. The, you know, we never seen the George Best, and yet we're talking about the greatest players on the planet, you know. Absolutely. I mean, they are that... not the greatest players on the planet. They, they, they might be a World Cup, but it's not the world's best players by a long chalk. No. You know, that's why I love the cricket, because the cricket do bring the best players in the world out. Absolutely, Alan. And, and again, when you listen to lots of fans, you've only got to go online on Twitter, Facebook, etc. And the amount that that state it's a results business. It's all about the result. No, no, no. It ain't about the result. If you play in the best way that you can, taking the ball forward, trying to create and score goals, entertaining a crowd, nine times out of ten, if you're a good team, you'll win. So the result will come as long as the performance is there. But if you just set out to not get beat, to bore the pants off your punters, who you're absolutely spot on, are paying a king's ransom to watch these games of football now. There are so many games, I'm not just talking about England, when the Premier League is on and we've done podcasts before. And you said, you know, I'm really looking to, uh, forward to Jack Grealish when they start the, you know, the restart. I think it was... Was it Sheffield United versus uh, Aston Villa? And they had that goal that should have been, but the VAR or the goal line technology wasn't working. And you said, but after about a month, we'll be moaning how boring the games are. And you're, you're spot on because in the Premier League, the focus is on about not getting beat, staying in the Premier League, let's get this money, England, let's qualify, let's win games in the World Cup. No, no, no. Let's try and play football and then the rest will come. And fans will back you because they'll be going, what a fantastic performance. I love watching England. I don't. I get bored watching England. And again, I'd rather us lose playing the way we do than than, than win because going back to 66, going back to England's successes, there aren't very many we are on about how brilliant we are and when you look at it, we weren't brilliant, we were average but we won, we didn't play our flair players, that is the biggest crime in football to me Well yeah, it's um, it, you're right I mean I, I, I can remember when uh, years ago when I 
I came back from America and I played against some pretty great players over there. Some un- unheard of talents in the NASL. Uh, players I thought that I used to sit, play against and stand there and wonder, where the hell did you come from? Why have we not heard of you? You know, because they, don't, they can't get through the system. They can't. They can't get past the coaches, you know, that because they can't, then they're not, they can't do the things that the coaches want them to do. But there's some super players over there, you know. And then I come back to England four years later, and I thought that I never forget. There was a great Tottenham team with Ben Hoddle and Ardiles and you know, Mickey Hazard, and uh, and it was around that time I thought the standard here, the standard in England in four years has dropped rapidly. You know the. It was a time of Wimbledon. I, I signed for Chelsea again. Uh, and I played in, I was on the fringe of the first team. I, I, my legs were gone, but I was, I was. I, I knew I weren't going to get a game. John Neal didn't like that any footballers in midfield. He didn't like inside forwards. He, he would have been the perfect England manager as well. Yeah. Uh, and I played against Wimbledon one night before they became the team, you know, that beat Liverpool. And then the following year, I've I've rejoined Stoke, and I was out with my old boss, Mr. Waddington, and then uh, I was telling him about this night playing against Wimbledon. And I went, "Oh my God!" I said, "I said there's some unbelievable team, you know, to play against." And uh, he said, "Well, you've been having a good time in America." He said, "You come back," and he said, "You, you know, it's a what a friendly anyway." He says, "Let me tell you something, Al." He says that they're a flash in the pan and. Football, it is one word to me, is one saying to me, football will always win. Yep. And it will always win the day. And, you know, it, and at the end of the, every World Cup, in the main, the best team wins when you, when you go back and the, with the best players, you know. And I hope this time round, the best, as I say, the best team I've seen in Morocco, and they got some darn good players. You know, we don't know anything about them. Forget the names on the shirts. Yep. They are a, they are a, they are a real <laughs> all over the field. This team won. I've never seen a team who they're proud of England. I don't know what their nation are. Then they're all going to be national heroes, yeah. and they 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 go about the game in the the most professional manner I've ever seen in a football team. You know, I don't think I I don't think they've been coached. I think they, the, the he's just organised them it, to only be with this team for three months. Yeah, he's had four years with with the England team. You know, he hasn't learned nothing from the Euros, Southgate. You thought the night after we we got done by Italy at Wembley against a poor Italy team, mm. you think well, if you thought he'd have got the sack, yep. but instead of that, he got an extended contract. That as our how we, we are, but uh, uh, I think I, I really truly believe that we'll be talking about Morocco on our last podcast, a World Cup podcast. I, I really can't see anyone getting by them, Paul. <coughs> Excuse me, we've got the two semi finals. I think it's without looking at me, it, it, it's called um, they used to be wall charts when we were kids because we put them on the wall. But now I'm uh, married and an adult. They're called they're, they're, they're called draw charts, Alan, because they're putting me draw and then I bring them out. Um, but we're we're looking at um, the two semi-finals. We've got Argentina versus Croatia. 
on the Tuesday. And then on the Wednesday, we've got Morocco, the first African nation to get to the semi-finals against France. So next Sunday, this time next week, we're going to be looking forward to the World Cup final. Who do you think we're going to be watching in that final? How do you see the semi-finals panning out, Al? I think Morocco will be playing Croatia. Right. Unless uh, unless somebody on a, on a higher level is uh, hell-bent that Messi's going out with the World Cup, uh, that's the only way I can see them getting through is that uh, it's written in the stars for Lionel Messi. Uh, but I can't see that lightning striking twice because although he's he's made a you know he's been the difference for Argentina uh is it's nothing like what Maradona done when he won it won the world cup on his own and he did win it on his own in a, in a uh, I don't say they were inferior to this in Argentina team because this is a pretty poor Argentinian yeah. team a really poor Argentinian team and for them to get this far is just a couple of you know, you, you can't take it away from me. He's still got it. Messi's still superb. But uh, I think the World Cup, yeah, on an overall basis, it hasn't been a great World Cup. I think we've built it up into something. It's not, you know, we yeah. have to do that. These pundits to get the job because they've got, got I mean, what a life they have. They get well paid for going over there and enjoying seeing this and all all the razzmatazz. Uh, get away from home for a month is uh, not a bad job to have but overall if if they were if we were to sit down if you to put half a dozen of the world's best players down and analyze the world cup you know there, there's been no Johan Cruyff there's been no George Best there's been no Pele's uh, there's been no Maradona's you know there's you know it's it's that's I think that's the most outstanding feature of this world cup that there has been, I don't, you know, they're talking about Mbappe. I, I've been, I've been raving on about Mbappe about his actual ability to play the game. I didn't really expect him to do too much last night because I think that he had a hard job. I, I think we spoke last week about him, and you mentioned it. I think he might change, swap over, and go yeah. and play on the right wing. You know, which would have been that would have been a good thing because uh, that would have put the cat amongst the pigeons. Uh, as I say, and I, I think you had a, a, a real valid point as well, because uh, I, I know I'd rather face out the two fullbacks. I wouldn't want to play against Walker because he's not the nicest. I wouldn't invite him to one of my parties either. Yeah. You know, um, it's one of those things. Uh, he might be a nice, nice fellow, whatever, but not on the football field, I'm afraid. Um and as I say, in the first 10 minutes, I thought Dembele was going to be the match winner. And then he stopped giving him the ball. Uh, I, I don't know why that why that was, but it uh, the, the managerial thing. But I, I mean, their, their manager, I think their manager aged 10 years last night. <laughs> oh, my God, he was uh, he was having a fit on the line. I mean, I don't know what it is with these people. I mean, you know, they, they want to try, try a bit of my life and, and see how tough it is, you know. Uh, but they got they got they've got a charm life. They got the most wonderful wonderful life, and you think they they got the well the world on their shoulders. You know they got well if if that's a problem, do talking about pick your best players. Absolutely, are Croatia 
the ideal team for Argentina to face. Now, what I'm looking at is the Croatian team aren't the... the well, they don't look the fittest, the most mobile, the most energetic, whereas the Moroccans are. They'd be smashing into their margins. The Argentinians aren't the greatest. I think it's one of the worst Argentinian sides the, the, that I've seen uh, ever, if I'm absolutely honest. But I think Croatia and Argentina, I think that that, that that's the ideal combination and group of players and teams to play against. Whereas the French against the Moroccans, I can see that being fast and furious. And I think that there's there's two teams that will go head-to-head and it'll be a really intense battle end-to-end. And I think that the Croatian-Argentinian game could be a war of attrition separated by a moment of brilliance by either Modric or by Lionel Messi. But for me, the final, I've got this romantic theory in football and I can see Lionel Messi and Argentina lining up against Mbappe and France. I can see France winning the final and Messi saying to Kylian Mbappe, I've won this crown for a number of years. I'm too old now, son. This crown is yours to wear for the next World Cup and World Cups beyond because the kid's only 23 and he could by this, well, not this time next Sunday, but this time next Monday, he could have won his first two World Cups back to back and that's something that hasn't been done since the Brazilians did it in 1962. Yeah, you really are a romantic, aren't you? I am, mate. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm a dreamer. <laughs> I know, and I know. I can see why Gareth shatters all your dreams. He absolutely, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he ruins everything. He does, he? yeah, know, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that's uh, but that's the way, you know, when we're, when we're brought up the way we're brought up and we're taught by, I was taught to by my father how to play the game. I mean, uh, you know, my father was sh- shaking his grave, if, you know, every time Southgate speaks, you know, what's going on here, you know. You know, that's the way we were brought up. And uh, as you say, Pele called it the beautiful game when he played against Bobby Moore in Mexico. He said he's the greatest defender in the world, you know, as much as to say, how could he put in a performance like that against our forward line, you know. Uh, coming away with the ball the way he came away with it and starting England attacks and you know it was but, but you know they were performances you remember yep you know there are no that you can't take one performance out of this World Cup with England that you will remember no. by any one individual you can't you can't do it uh, it's it, there's no one stake of what a what's a, I mean but I played against the West Germany like you know I played what I'm quite proud of the way I played I've made my point and I shouldn't have played in the Cyprus game I should have walked away with one cap but it was a game that I would always remember and I would always be proud of and people that you know people still say oh that game against West Germany well there wasn't one performance if I went to a World Cup played in a World Cup and and my standards fell below what they are and fell below what I watched last the last three or four games with England. You know, if I played like that for England, then I I, I think I would just have to pack up the game anyway because that is not enjoyable. That, that is, 
going back to the Declan Rice thing, you know, this fella is going to be howled as, you know, um, these people that called me last night, you know, one of us a West Ham supporter, and I said about Declan Rice, said, oh, our Declan, oh, what a job he's doing for England. They're so... I, I don't understand the, the the modern day fan, you know, because they're playing for England. There's there's players around the country, I'm sure, who, who are far better uh, equipped in midfield than Declan Rice. I'm I'm sure there are, and I'm not talking about the obvious uh, suspects sitting on the bench. Absolutely. I mean, I watch I watch <coughs> that, I watch the number four for Morocco, and he is. Um, he's out of this world. Mm. And for a bat or something, the bald-headed lad, yeah. number four, he, you know, he he set the tone. He set the tone from the the word go in the first match, and he and he hasn't he hasn't took his foot off the pedal. He's just he's he's energetic. He's here, there, and everywhere. He was breaking up play, was starting play, and he kept them going right to the very last very last kick of the game. You know, he's he's emerged from this World Cup, but you know, he uh, I, well I don't I don't see if I had a big club in England, if I'd never seen him play before, you gotta buy him. Mm. You know, this is they say that well, it is the World Cup is like your your that is your chance to show the world that you can play, and this this fella's done it, you know. And the kid that got the goal, my God, you know, I don't know where he come from, where he got, you know, he looked like he jumped from out that out of the ground in into the in the, you know, he was unbelievable. Um, they they're just so athletic and they're carefree and as I say, the the the, the coach has been there three months. Uh, and Gareth has been there over four years, you know, so it just goes to show, you know, when they keep saying about, oh, well, he's only been there a short while. Wait till he gets his real point across and the players will will key into him. Don't worry about that. Well, that doesn't happen. That's not what it's all about. It took me a week to, to, to play for uh, manager at Stoke. It took me one week to, to change my whole life, you know. Because the manager can do that, you know, you know, uh, and the terrible thing about Southgate, his brain sees these players so much that they're even they're, they're even believing in the way he's doing it. Uh, I, I, I don't get it. I, don't, I really don't get it. You know, uh, as you, you said at the beginning of the show about packing up, and I think Jack's got to think about his his, his future in the in the Premier League now. Uh, because he ain't gonna be, he ain't gonna be of an international player, not why this fella's around. And if if, if you want to just sit on the bench, if you want to, I'll get him a ticket for Wembley every time he wants to go and watch an England game. My mate can get me the tickets out. But uh, now it's it's not the it's not the um, you know I wouldn't want to go and sit on the bench for England week in week out and watch inferior players. I'm afraid not. No. Absolutely spot on. But again, going back to your football education, I was taken to St Andrews by my dad. Whenever we played Chelsea, uh, it would be, son, have a look at Charlie Cook, Peter Osgood, Alan Hudson. If you're going to watch QPR, it'd be look at Stan Bowles and, you know, these other players that they've got. Look at, you know, I know you don't like Rodney Marsh, but when it Man City, Rodney Marsh, Mark Summerby, Colin Bell, Francis. You know, all the players of the 70s, son, have a look at Frank Worthington. So, I, I, these players are identified to me by my dad. Watch these flair players. 
I was always amazed that England didn't play those flair players. And my lasting memory of England in the World Cup would be Jack Grealish doing his funny dance when he scored for um, for that young fella. And Jack Grealish and Phil Foden kicking the ball to each other from one end of the swimming pool to the other. And that will be my lasting memory of the World Cup. That is absolutely pathetic. And I would say to Jack, and I've said before on these podcasts, and we, we, we both have said this, and with, with Terry on the current view as well, either retire from international football, or when you get on that pitch, completely ignore anything that their coach or manager is telling you. Play for yourself and get back to the form that you had at Aston Villa by sticking your two fingers up. You mentioned, and I think it was a great point about Madison, I'm playing around the bottom of the league for Leicester City and it's the most enjoyable football I've ever played. And therein lies what a player should be looking at and looking at his career, performances, forget the medals, they'll come later hopefully, but your performances. And I remember players for their performances, not for what they've actually won. Well, yeah, that's what uh, that's what it'll be about today. I'll go in my mate's pub and we'll haven't been in there for ten days, which will be nice. And uh, what, they'll, they'll ask about your views, and I'll just you know I'll say what you know what performances. There's no you know in '66, my old friend Alan Ball. You know you could talk about him all day in the pub and say how about his performance throughout. You know and and then on in '70, going on performances in '70 were great. You know from from the likes of Ball, from the likes of Moore, uh, the Saver Banks. I know uh, this goal, this fellow's a good goalkeeper, but. Uh, it doesn't seem that England really. I mean, he made a save from Giroud. Giroud should have scored, but he only kind of scuffed it. Um, it wasn't a game. It early, you know, going from there into game. Oh, you because he'll always come back to last night's game and trying to analyse it and more like brutalise it. You know, it's uh, it was a hard. It was a hard watch, uh, and I think in years to come, them players. Was in twenty odd years to come, then then players will they'll they'll, they'll watch some you know the playbacks of these matches and maybe maybe it might sink in that you know, this in in the history of the game in in our game you know we they they must go out and talk they must have seen great players before them and 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 want to emulate them but these players you know they they just to keep passing it square and backwards and everything else, what you know, we can get people off the street to do that, you know, get them fit. And you know, I remember only three or four years ago when Usain Bolt went to Old Chap and put him for a trial. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just about comes to show what what the standard was. You know, before he could play for them. But that that's that's the way it gets you. You know, whereas if he'd watch some. With George Best and Bobby Charlton and Dennis, oh, he wouldn't have even dreamt about it. You know, he'd think, can I even get into the training ground? But that's the way the games change. You know, it's it, the 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 standard of play has been poor. Absolutely, <clears throat> we always go on about fine margins. 
uh, England are hampering and, and keep hanging on the fine margin that if Harry Kane uh, would have scored the goal, we could have still been in the World Cup. But I always look and we always look out at the if-only moments. And Gareth Southgate must be thinking now, if only I was brave enough to play our most creative players, we could have we could have gone further and we could have won the World Cup. And I think that is the acid test with any manager. Nah. Be brave, be bold, play your best players and let's have a pop at it. But again... I can, I can assure you he won't be thinking that, Paul. No. It's, uh, as I say, the uh, if he didn't learn from the Italian disaster at Wembley, then he ain't going to learn from nothing. That was, that was the, the one... The one match he should have learned from to just change, or the FA should have just sacked him and brought someone else in. We said we can't sit through that again. The Italians were hopeless, uh, they were legless. We were one nil up in five minutes. We shouldn't forget things like this. It's because this is this is why we got knocked out last night yeah. because we stuck with the old guard who's seen him through. He's he stuck with the players, even to the extent of when he brought Sterling on, who just had two, a trip back to England and back, and brought him on because he sees him as some lucky charm yeah, at England level. Um, I can't believe they brought this fella on with 10 minutes to go. No, I can't. And he's been, you know, he, he's, he was, they they plead him to come back. He's He didn't want to come back. He was emotionally, I wouldn't say, I, I don't know if... if Money's not an element now, but they people have broke into his house, and it's a personal thing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be bothered about going back. I'd yeah. want to get my life in order. You know? <coughs> Absolutely. And, then, and there he is. You know, he's had the most horrendous, horrendous time. Not like Bobby Moore in Mexico, where they, they, they blamed him. They said he nicked a bracelet, but that Bobby just took that as a, a the compliment. Yeah. And he, you know, and he said, well, I'll show you sort of the bracer. And he would come back to England. I was reading it in Alan Ball's book the other day. He said, I've never seen Bobby. hadn't slept for four days. Yeah. He was unshaven. And he'd come back. He said, well, within an hour, it was the old Bobby Moore. There he was leading us in against Brazil. You know, it was unbelievable. And the, these are the different mentalities of the game. And when I, when I see Sterling come on last night, the French manager must have been shaking, shaking you know, clapping his hands and thinking, oh, what a result we've had here. Absolutely. Because if he's going to be their saviour, then we're okay. You Absolutely. Know? And ridiculous, <clears throat> ridiculous move. You know, nobody mentioned it on TV. Why bring him on? For God's sake. With the greatest disrespect, uh, Sterling, whatever he's done in the game, whatever he's going to do in the game, yeah. But not this wasn't the right moment to bring him on, I'm afraid. And again, how bad would um, James Madison... And in particular, England need a goal. You're looking at Callum Wilson. Surely he should have come on and had a chance in, in any of the games. But again, another tourist because Gareth Southgate has got his favourites and he's got his pets. So the best thing that could happen to English, uh, English football and for us is that if I look at Sky when I've just got to go out to work now, do a couple of jobs, I come back, I see the ye yellow banner, Gareth Southgate has resigned as England football team manager. Thank the Lord for that. There probably is one. But I wouldn't hold my breath out because he will hold on for grim death. 
Well, the problem is, uh, well, the FA's there, mate. It's not, it's not about him going. It's about who would, who would take over. Correct. It's um, we got a problem there, um, a, a big problem. We, we we probably had our best manager in Benables for a long time. Yep. Uh, in uh, I know it was '96, it was a few years ago now, but. He would have, uh, he would have kind of, and and those before Venables, obviously there was the the best managers would be for the tracksuit managers, but yeah. um, Venables would have kind of paved the way for future England managers to to come and to follow my way of playing by picking your best players by picking Teddy Sheffield. You, you couldn't see that Teddy Teddy Sheringham was the best in that role, and he was fantastic at doing it. Um, you pick your best midfield players, your best striker. He told Alan Shearer before the competition they were playing every game. Shearer was saying the other night, he said he don't know what a lift he gave me. Yeah. You know, that's great management. Anyone can do it to Harry Kane. We know that Harry Kane's he's a captain, so we know he's going to play every game. Um, but, uh, you know, the... It's once again the World Cup's over, and where are we going? Where do we go from here? Yep. It's one of them again. It's, it's where where do we go from here? Not that was that was wonderful, you know. What a, you know we're going in. Uh, my mate's going to say what's going to happen. I've, I've got two two games left where no one's going to come in the pub, and England are out of the World Cup. I said, well, don't blame me. You want to blame Southgate for that? I mean, Christ Almighty. I mean, they weren't saying the, the world alike when they were in there. You know, the, all these people that go over, you, you, I mean, you see them last night in uh, Marrakesh. My goodness gracious, yeah. you know, uh, that, that, was, that was about setting the world alight. But we, we are far from set the world alight. Absolutely. Well, we know where we're going from here. Uh, Gareth Southgate will still be the England manager. They'll probably give him another extended compliment. You're going to your mate's pub to have a few jollies, and I'm going to Bearwood. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. We, we, this is our, this is our, these are all our jobs and path in life. You know, we, we all go down different paths. Um, but those people, the people that are involved with the FA, they got some, they got some path to go down. They just don't, they haven't got a clue. They haven't got a clue about football. They haven't got, they haven't got a clue about people who, who, who manages football teams. They, they, you know, God knows what their next meeting's going to be about. Where do we go from here? Absolutely. You know? yeah. On that note, Al, we will reconvene uh, next week. Uh, probably Monday night because we would have known who's won the World Cup. Um, I'm going France. Who are you going for? And then we will uh, start the next podcast, our final part seven, with... Well, we were both wrong. We didn't see that coming, did we? <laughs> well, I, I, I think if that was a if, if that was a case, it wouldn't be a bad argument because yep. or, or discussion because we do know there's one thing we do know now is that the teams that we got through deserve to be there. Yep, uh, and they've all got great qualities of of some kind. Uh, you know, the big. The big man in the sky is going to say, is it going to be Modric? Is it going to be Messi? Uh, they might be a poor outfit, Argentina, but they've got Messi. Um, we got He's a magician. We haven't got a magician. Mm. Uh, I think I, I'm saying that 
I can't see past um, Morocco. I really can't. I, 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 and the more I've watched them, the more I'm, I'm thinking. And I'm a gambler, and I, I was so upset yesterday that I never, I never backed them. I, I wouldn't back them because I didn't back them the game before. I mean, they, they've knocked Spain out, mm. and then they, then they beat them yesterday. You know, and and they haven't done it by panicking and. Uh, they've done it by sheer out outplaying the other team. Uh, they've uh, they've soaked them in. They've they've had a look at them. I mean, they they he was seen on the TV watching them yesterday, and he was saying about I don't know I don't know Dixon or one of them was saying uh, I'm I'm amazed about Morocco. I didn't think they were going to come out there after the way they started. Well, what they were doing, they were just settled down for quarter now and they had a good look at the other team and they went oh, we can we can go for these now mm. you know and every time they broke out they, they couldn't handle it you know uh because i, I don't know that it, it was i think this is they really is going to be the surprise packet and they they just played a game so you know they're a breath of fresh air you know they play it the way it should be played and they play it as if they haven't got a manager Absolutely. Yeah. Right, till next time, Al, till next Monday, that is. Uh, you're going Morocco, I'm going France. One of us might be wrong, right? Or we could both be wrong. <laughs> so Absolutely. Have a, have a good Sunday, have a few drinks, and uh, we'll speak soon. All right, Paul, thanks very much. Cheers, well done, Al. Thank you, and thanks for listening, guys. Ta-ra a bit. Good luck, Cheers, Al. Bye-bye, bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.